Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm Andrew. And this is Josh. It is, what is it, August 9th? <laughs> I, thought, I always yeah. screw up that. I don't know where I am. <laughs> That's, that should be the first thing you check, but none of us ever think of it. We're just like, we got this. I don't have very many friends with real jobs. I don't know if you guys have friends with real jobs. I think to like, like one. You know, Monday <laughs> to Friday, 9 to 5. They yeah. know what days are holidays. They know, you know. Yeah. Because I work kind of freelance slash Mayfair stuff, they'll be like, it's a holiday Monday. And I'm like, I don't know. I've like, had what? three Mondays off in a row, but yeah. I work weekends. That's so. not even the Quebec thing, too. Because then you're like, yeah. you, do you have a holiday? And they're like, no, but I have a holiday next month. It's like Bastille Day or something. And you're like, oh, okay. I know there's a way to like unprogram this, but my phone last Monday, my calendar was just filled with all these holidays I've never heard of before. <laughs> and I, I was trying to get them off. And yeah. I'm like, I don't care what the day off is in Calgary yeah. or none of it. And it even like, says it. It's like Halifax or whatever. Yeah. You're like, okay, cool. Like, I don't, I just need to know what is the day off where I am. Yeah. They're, they're, it's mildly interesting, but it's like, what, who even programmed all this? Like, who's going to care about this? You think if we live in a world that's smart enough for like, our microwaves to know daylight saving time yeah. that it could not bother us with this on phones. Yeah, or anything. Like I can't, I can't deal with this technology. You know, it's all we're just en route to the Terminator universe soon enough. You know, they were just chatting about that in the Targ Zine because they got the T two gun game over oh there. Oh my god! Oh god! It's such a that's like one of my. I'm gonna classic. say top three because I can't pick a favorite. Like Twilight Zone is up there too, but that's tough, man. Oh no! But like the video game. Oh, like the, the oh, not even the, the pinball. Guns. Oh, yeah, I was picturing yeah. the. Oh man, okay, that's a game changer then. I probably spent eight thousand dollars on that. <laughs> you could have just bought one by now, really. I know. Because I remember, I believe it was still just quarters at the time I'm pretty sure but I remember just standing there and it was one of those games where Mario has a beginning middle and an end or if you're playing a hockey game you win the Stanley Cup or whatever and although the Terminator game has a beginning middle and an end there's no skill it's just keep on pumping quarters in so the skill is spending less quarters but if you have $50 in your pocket, yeah. you're going to finish it. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's no skill to get. You just keep shooting. Yeah. But I remember it was kind of breakthrough because I think it has like Arnold's voice in it and yeah. a little bit more better music quality to it. Was it similar? Because I had the Sega Genesis version of that. And I, yeah. I believe it was T2, the arcade version or something to that effect. But like yeah. I can't remember if it was like pretty much the same game. Pretty close. Like the graphics wouldn't be anywhere near, but we were so... I don't know, rose-colored glasses back then. You'd be like, this Sega game is exactly like the yeah, arcade game. I'm in the movie. I yeah. can't even believe it. This is real life. I got one of those Segas with 100 games in it. Yeah, Super Sega, basically. And playing Mortal Kombat. And it's so weird. It was kind of the first game that was shot like a movie with actors, with stunt people. Yeah. But man, like it makes your childhood seem like Charles Dickens. You know, yeah, like yeah. It, it, it just seems like a hundred years ago. Yes. Because Mortal Kombat is just so archaic compared to what the kids are playing now. Yeah. Well, or even the stuff that came like a few years later. Even like Street Fighter 2, you know, like was. I mean, again, that's not like amazing or whatever, yeah. but like compared to that first Mortal Kombat, oh, yeah. it, it's the progression is pretty But same wild. with movies. Like we screened Terminator 1 a while ago. And I hadn't seen it in a while. And it's really cool and all kinds of in-camera effects. But But there's this opening scene, the iconic opening scene in the future. These spaceships, I forget if they're the good guys or the bad guys, kind of fly over. And then the reveal of a Terminator skeleton steps on a skull and kind of pulls back. Yeah, that's a good bit. But those spaceships, you could almost see the wires. Yeah, yeah. And the skeleton... This was only a couple years after he was... James Cameron was doing those cheap Roger Corman. For sure, yeah. Oh, man, that's true. 
Which doing man, special effects for those. Man, and Piranha 2 just came out on Blu-ray. You know, side note. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, yeah, no commentary by uh, him, though. They couldn't get Cameron to come back and do the commentary on his own. No respect for the past. Yeah, but still. It's true. Like, I noticed, went to watch... Our local library, for some reason, is doing a bad movie fest once a month. Yeah. I don't know why or how. I don't... Yeah, just someone mentioned that to me, and I was like, N- like, the library? Like, I'm assuming just- it's a cool geek librarian, because... It's free to go to, and yeah. I know that little theater they have, you have to pay yeah. to rent it out, and nobody's paying to get in. Not He wasn't even taking donations. So I'm like, you're getting this for free, okay. I'm sure. I bet you it's a librarian. Yeah. Eric was going to go too, and I thought we weren't going to go because right before I left the house, we were just going to bike. My phone, for the first time ever, goes, tornado warning. Yeah, that scared the hell out of me. I had the friend come over, and we were going to walk over together, and then it was like that... It was like a Terminator warning, basically. Yeah, it was, and it was so like, weird. Tornado warning, and I was, and I thought it was like Texas or something, or like BC or whatever. And they're just telling me about it, but I was like, it's Ottawa. Okay, well, maybe yeah. we don't go to the movie. I was kind of sad that we weren't going to get to go, and then it, whenever the, the movie was six thirty, I think. Yeah. So at like six fifteen, the sun comes out, and Gwen dramatically is like. We can do this. Yeah. And we hopped on our bike and we got there at 6.30 on the nose and they started a bit late anyhow. But anyways, it was this movie called, it had a different title, but it, Angels and Angels Brigade. 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 Yes. Angel yes. Baguette, I believe it was. Yeah. Angel Baguette. <laughs> that's, that's but the delicious. one they showed us... It, do they show it, they show it, so they show it in an auditorium? Yeah, and they don't, it's, it, it felt like a drive-in, because they don't even have a screen. Okay. But they just basically project onto a wall, like, on, they have a little stage. Okay. And it's, it's a nice little theater auditorium, maybe like 100 seats. Yeah. And I, I think usually they use it for, you know, a, a seminar or yeah. something like that. But they didn't have a screen, which I thought was funny, like one of those little pull-down. That's kind like, of, I pictured the pull-down, but. But, so it was very kind of grassroots, but there was like. Not a ton of people there because the same well, problem that we have, like yeah. you know, plus the tornado warning. Plus the tornado help. warning didn't help. Yeah. <laughs> they lost at least two people because of that. And but it I'm was sorry. called, it was called like seven, seven something, seven. There was a different yeah, title. It had a different title. Yeah, it's got like three or four different titles. That's it, it, aired, it aired on Mystery Science Theater under the title, uh, which I haven't seen. That Angels either. Revenge. Yeah, you need to watch that next. Apparently, it's a good episode. It's always interesting when you see a name you recognize and talking about James Cameron going from Piranha to Terminator relatively <laughs> yeah. quick. It was shot by, if I'm pronouncing it right, Dean Cundy, mm, yeah. who, like, a year after that, maybe six months after that, did Halloween. Yeah. Then he became John Carpenter's pal and oh shot everything. Dude, his work on the thing is just amazing. And then he did the Back to the Future trilogy, and then he hopped over to Spielberg and did Man. Hook and Jurassic Park. Yeah. Did he also do Roger Rabbit? Uh, yes, Roger Rabbit. Roger so Rabbit. this crazy resume, and you look, and you imagine this poor guy when he's shooting this B-grade Charlie's Angels ripoff must have just been like, oh, I hate Hollywood. My career is horrible. Yeah, this is the end. (laughs) I'm going to give up and go back to school and become a plumber. Man, yeah, mom was right. (laughs) But you look on IMDb and it's it's either the same year or a year apart. So right after that did Halloween, which was equally a no-budget little movie. Oh, yeah. Then John Carpenter, Spielberg, all this stuff. And so it's, it's, I always like looking at that. It's always like inspirational, like, when you're down and your career's not going yeah. well. Oh, man. And, and I even, I feel like that even more so when it's someone who's, you know, who's a, a bit older in terms of Hollywood anyway. Yeah. And then they kind of, like, I don't want to use Travolta as an example because he already was a big star. But just like right. something like that where, like, later in life you get this, like, punch in the arm and, and then yeah. you're just here, you know? And, like, Sam Jackson did it, not even arguably, did it way better than Travolta. Yeah. Because poor old Travolta's kind of stumbled the past decade or so. <laughs> whereas Sam Jackson has been... 
Avengers, every chapter, really? Incredibles, and Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea, of course. Everyone's talking about. It. Actually, he did have the best scene in the movie. So, but still, you know, that's just crazy. And it's funny now when I see him in older stuff that I forgot he was in, like Loaded Weapon One. You remember oh, that yeah. one? Yeah. And I, I forgot he was the co-star with Emilio Estevez. That was before Pulp Fiction. Yeah, that was kind of before he became a star. Yeah, a few years. Like, and I, I thought that was so crazy. Cause... Where did Quentin find him? Was it like Spike Lee stuff? I guess. I think he just auditioned. He yeah, wasn't yeah, his first choice. Maybe no, maybe he was, but I guess he just he had auditioned for Reservoir Dogs and then and he'd it. done some stuff like he had been in Jurassic Park yeah, a year yeah, before. Yeah. He was in Fresh as well, like pretty good flick, which is like a lesser talked about, you know, black or not black exploitation, but like the, that sort of like genre, like the Menace Society and Boys in the Hood. But he's that. a guy who at middle age started blowing up, <laughs> yeah, and, and now for twenty years, like. He, with an asterisk, he's the biggest movie star of all time. Yeah. And I would never argue this to him because he's awesome, but I'm like, <laughs> I don't think a lot of people went to Incredibles or Jurassic Park or Phantom Menace because Sam Jackson. No. He's a part of it, whereas Harrison Ford in The Fugitive, Indiana Jones, Blade Runner, whatever, like, they were going Air for Force him. Air Force One. Air Force One. Yeah, <laughs> Air Force One. It's interesting when you see that and you think of people now who are getting their foot in the door so fast yeah i think they're starting to learn their lesson because like they hire somebody really fast for fantastic four Mm -hmm. that goes horribly wrong and he gets fired off of star wars yeah you know there's all kinds of examples of that of like more senior people who maybe should have been getting these jobs yeah and it's and it's just so like it's it's kind of a minefield for disney in some ways like because you just i guess they've learned as they go along but at the same time you're also you never know when something's not gonna work out in their opinion and then it's just like well all right let's just pull this out and we'll just restart now and uh yeah it's uh i want to switch topics a bit but before i forget because it's on my brain we're talking about john carpenter without going into money details but People were asking about the fog. Yeah. Because there's a 4K restoration of the fog. Mm. And it's amazing, obviously. Lee looked into it, and sadly, the distributor is from overseas, and it would cost us a fortune. Yeah. yeah. Like, it would cost us, like, three to four times as much as a normal movie. Yeah. And it's so weird. They're not sending us 35 millimeter prints. It's like, yeah. you know, FedExing us something the size of a VHS yeah, tape. Wait a minute. I didn't know? even think of that. Yeah, because it's just, it's nothing. You know, like that, that would be like, what, like $50 shipped? Yeah. Tracked, you know, maybe. And it's an old movie. Yeah. So, you know, profit is profit, but they don't have to make even $50 million back. Mm. So, anyhow, so people were asking about it a lot. And sadly, if you ever see a movie like that that is in the States as a one-night-only thing or at the multiplex as one of those one-night-only things, yeah. we can't get it. it. It's tough. It's weird. It's and Yeah, it's not like, you know, a bunch of theaters in Toronto are showing it so we can pick yeah. it back or something. Like, it's just, if it's not happening, like, I mean, it's going to cost that for any theater, you know. Yeah, so. and so now, like, there's all the big distributors, like... Fox, Disney, MGM, Sony, whatever, yeah. have a Canadian branch so we can book those movies through them. Then there's a bunch of really cool Canadian distributors like A24. Yeah, we get them. them. But even now, with our dollar being so horrible, <laughs> there's some studios that are just in the States and even getting an independent movie from the States, yeah. all of a sudden, it's like 70 cents on the dollar. And you're like, well, if we lived in a world where we sold out every night, you know, yeah, well, like, that's the thing because you're taking the risk anyway yeah. uh, for nine out of ten movies. Yeah. Like, not everything is going to be, you know, Mr. Rogers or, or have yeah. a bit of a deeper appeal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, that sucks because that's one of the things I appreciate about us is that we can take risks on stuff, if, you know, at the right price. There was a couple years ago where I had this I had this crazy idea, kind of inspired by a couple of comedians I listened to on podcasts where they, they basically, like, pre-sold or pre-booked. So they said, 
if you're in a small town like you know somewhere in Ohio or something and you want Paul F. Tompkins or Doug Benson to get there go to your local theater go to your local stand-up place and say we have to pre-sell 100 tickets mm-hmm. and you do that and then we'll come just because right. if not if we sell 75 it's not worth it or whatever so I tried that I believe it was with They Live because there was oh a, yeah I remember that there was a 35 millimeter print out there Ooh. but Lee was very hesitant because he was like we have to make it was right on yeah. the cusp of when film was going away and digital was coming in so I said what if we try it and we say like you know it's it's 10 bucks a head yeah. just for everybody yeah yeah so if we sell 50 tickets or whatever it was that means we could do it and yeah. break even and then everybody please buy some popcorn yeah yeah and no kidding we did it for like a month we sold 45 tickets oh what and I was just so frustrated where even though that was close enough and I think Lee was nice and was like oh we could try I was just like no like yeah. that's, I'm, I'm bitter now yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, see and now I feel like bad and then I've gotten four friends exactly yeah <laughs> and then we ended up booking it a little while later digitally for like a, a midnight show or whatever okay and hilarious but we sold like 48 tickets oh my god so, just, the universe is trolling you yeah so even that was you know our magic number is all different but 40 to 50 is kind of not bad mm-hmm. and then we sell popcorn and some memberships but just to do that even on digital we yeah. didn't hit our magic let's get 50 oh people my god. but then I, w- I came in to watch fireworks this anime film oh, on right. the weekend nobody was there there was like 8 people there <laughs> but then right after that I stuck around to help Melissa and Sarah Sarah was on Candy Bar Melissa was on Manager because people just kept coming and I think it was like 175 people or something oh for for a Monday matinee of, of Fireworks? No, no, sorry Fireworks was dead Okay, yeah It's an example of genre versus mainstream it was either Mr. Rogers or was Three Identical Strangers Yeah, Three Identical Strangers Which has been killing it So that's why you know we'll keep on showing documentaries and you know, because like Three Identical Strangers and Mr. Rogers has been gangbusters. Oh my god, yeah! Like it's just it, it's insane. Like even even today's show, it's not you know it's not they're not sellouts, but it's like yeah. we're still getting significant crowds for these. Yeah, I love it. Obviously, we all love it, but still. Did one of you guys work the Tuesday for Heather's? No, yeah, uh, Tuesday did really well. Did it? That's good because I was here Monday. Which speaking of bad weather, this crazy oh, thunderstorm yeah. hit five minutes before people would have been leaving the house yeah. to come see a movie it still did okay it did almost did, it did like 45 people or oh, so that's actually not bad yeah so Melissa was all sad because it's her thing it's her idea yeah and I was like well maybe tomorrow will be better because everybody who didn't come tonight yeah. Yeah. but it was good it was like double, double she said it was 80 people, people. Yeah, oh that's good 80 people on Tuesday good yeah and I just, it was funny because I was, I was at Tired Gun Monday night when that like before and, uh, and during the storm yeah and it was just insane because we went downstairs played pinball half an hour went upstairs and it was like a monsoon like it, it was, was great that's when I Melissa asked me to go and just get the movie ready to go because she was busy and so I was upstairs and you could through our skylight you could see and hear the thunder and lightning yeah and I, I did a little tweet of like oh it's cool to see thunder and lightning from the box office and then went down into the cinema and there was about 30 people in there and the loudest thunderclap I've ever heard <laughs> it must have been right on top of us and people in the audience, and I was like, oh, snap. Yeah. People in the audience were like, ooing, you know? <laughs> and Christy was concerned that we were going to get like hit by lightning and it was kill our power or something, you know? But, uh, but that yeah. hasn't happened this summer. No. Luckily. But it has happened. Oh, yeah. That would be great for like a Frankenstein screening or something. You're like, wow, thank God there was this thunderstorm. This is great. The power went out last time I was working was for The Shining 
Exorcist Double Bill. Yeah, but that was only for like 20 minutes. Yeah, so and everybody stuck we, around. Yeah. Everything worked well, but yeah. it, it was perfect where you could hear people screaming as the power yeah, went out I guess. before the backup lights go on like a second later. Man, that would be like such a good like bit to if we deliberately done that and you're just yeah. like, oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Run for your lives! Yeah, like talk about, like that's one of the best things that could happen during that double bit. Like if it's gonna happen anyway, like that's, you know, you gotta do a horror movie for that. Yeah. That's just fun. I'm glad that I haven't been through... Well, there was that one time that the candy bar lights were, like, down, but we had the, like, mood oh, yeah. lighting in there, and, like, that was, like, pretty close to <laughs> Romantic. terrifying. Yeah, it was... No one... It, it took, like, 15 minutes before someone even noticed it. They were just like, oh, it seems like uh, the light's different in here. And I was like, well, yeah, there's, like, not... It was, like, tea lights, pretty much. The power went out perfectly, because the popcorn machine was still working and the cash yeah. was still working. Yeah. And the Coke machine was still working. It was just the lights. And we had like one plug working, I think. So it was, the, it was this nice romantic French bistro looking thing. Yeah. I just thought it was so funny that like most people didn't notice. And then one guy was like, oh, it seems a little different. And I'm just like, it's so different. Like, yeah. I can't, it, it's usually really bright in there. And I just was like, people are really going with this. Like, I, you can't even read some of the prices. But hey, man, cool. If you like it, I like it. Here, check this out before I forget. I'm, I'm going to show you this to you guys Carpenter? live on the air. No, my friend Natalie, who's very talented, designed a couple of podcast logos for us. Oh, oh man. Nice. Because I said we didn't have a logo. And Big she might time. still tinker with these. But so it's this one. Oh, that's cute. Mm-hmm. Or this one. Mm, that one's good too. I know. I like the, Lee like this one. I'm gonna I'm That's gonna put tough. one of them up with this podcast so yeah. people listening will get to see it. They can't. So we're the first people to see this. This one has bigger way. letters. Wait, yeah, I need to see them. It's always good to do something visual on a podcast. Damn it, I, I like both of them. <laughs> I know, and they would look good on T-shirts, eh? I know. So basically, if you're listening to this, you'll get to see this. But it's our. It's not a. Do you still call that a marquee? Like, I always get confused. Yeah, yeah it's call it that. I think marquee I, in my brain is always marquee goes out to the. Road, yeah, you that's know? fair. That's yeah. a flat marquee, flat marquee. So it's, <laughs> it's a marquee. It's our flat marquee logo we got with marquee like, semantics. Going yeah, on. <laughs> with like a cool old school microphone. So I'm gonna put one of these up. Was guilty of we haven't put on a podcast or we didn't put on a logo. Yeah, and I was looking at our podcast amongst a grid work of all the other squares I listen to. Yeah, of like a Doug Loves Movie Square and a Mark Maron Square, and I'm like, we need a square logo. Like it's not the same. That's really hard because I like the like sort of stardusty thing going on in the podcast thing. Yeah. But then the other one, it kind of like I like that the the letters are coming off of the microphone too. Yeah. But I don't know. I see both ways. I, I wouldn't be upset either one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, man, this is exciting. We're 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 getting logos now. We have logos. We got two logos right now. Two. I just want two. It's like the Tommy Wiseau like uh, switch them up every week. We've got two. Oh, speaking of Tommy, speaking of the room... Like we can. I went to Montreal for a friend's... Not wedding, but they got married a little while ago at City Hall. So oh, yeah. it's like a wedding party. And it's my friend's Roxy and Amy, and it was a lovely wedding. And Roxy is a giant fan of the room. Okay. And back in the day, the first time Tommy was here, I got to introduce her. And normally she's a very strong, funny, loud, cool <laughs> lady. Yeah. But she just... Just got like timid and, and like shook his hand and Tommy was very nice and like nice to meet you Roxanne yeah. and the whole thing I noticed the room in the Mayfair was coming up in a couple people's speeches oh. because they knew that one of their first dates was coming here and all that stuff so I texted Greg and I'm like hey Greg I'm at a wedding like in Montreal yeah and I go you're being name dropped in uh, in speeches at this wedding so I'm gonna wish them the best on your behalf and he was like of course yeah I'll tell them give them my best and, da, 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 and hopefully I'll get to meet them next time I'm in Ottawa because he's very nice yeah 
That wouldn't work with Tommy. I don't have Tommy on text. I, you well, know? and also, like, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah. You know how to text? Yeah. yeah, you don't want to get into that. And then Roxy didn't believe me, so I had to, like, hold up my phone and be like, no, see, that's, oh, that's Greg right there. You needed one of those, like, the old school, like, projector things that yeah. you can put a sheet on. You're like, yeah. here's my phone. I can prove that this happened. The text would be like, here, I'm going to put you on speakerphone. Do a speech. No pressure. <laughs> yeah, please. Tell them that you know me. Mention we're friends. But she is one of my favorite The Room stories of a couple years ago. I got her a DVD, and it's like, I think it's signed by Tommy. And her dad was visiting, and she was off at work, and Amy was off at work, and her dad was like, oh, I'll pop in a movie. And there was the room. <laughs> oh, no. And he had no idea, you know? And it was beside a bunch of other, like, real movies or TV shows, yeah. you know? Like, oh, I'll watch Arrested Development or Simpsons or The Room. I'll watch The Room. So he popped it in, and then Roxy gets home from work, and her dad was just, like, shell-shocked and was like, what? What is that movie? Did you watch the whole thing? The whole thing. Why do you own that movie? And she was laughing. She's like, no, Dad, it's one of those, like, laugh at it, throw things at the screen movies, oh my God. you know? That's so... But like, imagine going into it completely blind. Yeah, and especially, like, it's not wrong that it says, like, enter the room and leave forever changed. Because yeah. I believe that that man left forever changed from that situation. I think every once in a while, especially when disaster artists were happening and yeah. we were showing some early shows... I'm pretty sure some people came in who weren't quite sure what it was. Yeah, hmm. probably, yeah, I remember. Who thought it would be like a a movie, like yeah. a bad movie, but a movie, you know? Yeah, and some people got confused, too, because they hadn't seen The Room, and they thought The Disaster Artist was The Room, like, because yes. there were all those stories coming out, and I think they were, didn't know which one was the movie and which one was the, like, not spoof, but, like, yeah. I don't know, whatever. Or they thought Disaster Artist was a documentary. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was, or, or they thought The Room was Room. So confusing. Oh my God. Yeah, it just kind of went on. But people keep coming out to... Well, people kept coming out to both, but, you know, yeah. the room, for real. It's yeah. easier now that there's only one of them playing, honestly. Yes. So, let's quickly chat about August 10th through the 16th, which nice. is coming up tomorrow, if you're listening to this. So it is no, the No, I'm going to put this up tomorrow. Yeah, It's for week. sure the 9th, okay. It is the 9th. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's the 9th. We cracked the case of what day <laughs> what is day it. Is. Like, what month? 75% into this. It's 2018, I know that. <laughs> Not great. Just listen to this whenever it is a day. So it's funny, we have three holdovers, so we can just basically mention those since we talked about them already, but Leave No Trace, which is still highly acclaimed, like oh, yeah. 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's what people are telling me, like, they, they're coming in and, like, both movies, the first two movies today and yesterday are 96 and 100%, apparently. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go see it next week. I loved Winter's Bone, which yeah. I can't believe was, like, seven or eight years ago, mm-hmm. and this is one of those filmmakers who just takes their time. And, yeah. I think she wrote the script as well, so it probably took a while. Yeah. Yeah, I loved Winter's Bone, and that put Jennifer Lawrence on the map, and a lot of people are saying the young actress in this movie mm-hmm. might get that same push yeah. upcoming. So yeah, Leave No Trace, and then two documentaries, Won't You Be My Neighbor, the Mr. Rogers documentary. Very good. Triumphant uh, fifth week? Fourth? Uh, fifth week, yeah. Fifth, fifth okay. week. Oh, wow. Because we had three full weeks, and then two weekend shows, because yeah. we had too much other stuff. And then Three Identical Strangers, which is its... Third? Third week? Three identical weeks? Three identical uh, weeks? Whoa, this we, is the We only kept it. it for that gag. To make that gimmick. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. People aren't coming. No, no, it's... it's oh, I'm, so I'm excited. Good. I'm coming. I'm you actually double it? billing that on uh, Saturday. Oh, and you're cool. working, so... So you'll, you'll, you'll come out see me, weeping like, from Mr. Rogers. Yeah, yeah. You're either you're either going to see me coming in here for four hours, or you're going to get a text with a sob story about yeah. why I'm not coming. Yeah. <laughs> so those are the two outcomes. 
My wife is making me stay home and do chores. Uh, Why? Man, see, I don't even have that. She's in a Callaway until oh, Sunday. Right. Yeah. So Saturday, that's the other reason I was going to come because like Saturday is my last day of bachelorship, I guess. This I is your know. crazy bachelor party. Yes. Yeah. Going Mr. to see Mr. Rogers. <laughs> I'm just like, wild night, guys. And then go home and watch Batman 66 oh, all God. night. Always. Done. I, I, might, I might be coming to Rocky Horror with some friends that night also. I, I don't know. We'll see. I, I feel like it's almost like those two movies or Rocky Horror, and I don't want to make that call. So yeah. we'll just... I'm going to come here for something. We'll see. And then we have uh, a new film from Gus Van Sant called Don't Worry. It's just called Don't Worry, but it's actually called Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot. Which looks really good. I just heard him talking about it on Marin? Somewhere. I heard Gus Van Sant on a couple podcasts recently chatting about it. I think it's a true story about this. Yeah. Uh, he plays this man who was a massive alcoholic. He gets into a car accident, becomes a paraplegic. Oh God! And uh, oh, yeah. decides that uh, finds out that he has a talent for drawing. I could be oh, wrong man. about this, but I think back in the day, Ottawa had a free paper called the Express, and I yeah. think it was in there. It was it was a single panel strip like Far Side. Oh man! Okay, I didn't even realize That's this. Crazy. He did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did That's that. him. As soon as I read, what's the name? Uh, what, John what name? John Callahan. Oh, okay. As soon as oh I read God. his name, I yeah. was like, yeah. I know that. We had a bunch of his books. My sister was a huge fan of his. Like, and his art Because yeah, it's very, like, dark humor and, yeah. like, paraplegic-based jokes, I guess. not even Because some of it, well, like, not all of it, but, like, there was... I remember reading it as a kid, and it, I was, like, too young to be reading some of those, like, for sure. Yes. Oh, my God. I didn't know that was about him. Yeah, I might be wrong about where it was from, but we had it somewhere here in Ottawa. Maybe it was one of the college papers or something, but I remember reading yeah. it somewhere. I Yeah, now that you said that, for, that's so weird, man. And the, and the art kind of looks a little shaky because he was drawing from his state. That's, so. that's amazing. Oh, I got to tell my sister about that. I had no idea. I thought it was just... I didn't even know it was based on a true story. I just thought it was like, Gus Van Sant's back with something. A shot-for-shot shot remake like, of something yeah. great. He said he did that just because he was like... Well, this will be fun. You know, like, yeah. just, this will be I bet it was. It, what a cast, too. Like, I mean, you know, I'm trying to find positives in it. I remember going to see it, and, and it's just, it was so... Unnecessary? One of the reasons it didn't work almost was because it was shot for shot. Because it was present day. Yeah. But they were all still speaking kind of decades ago speak. Yeah. So, like, the slang and the patter sounded weird. That was the weirdest part of the experiment, I mm-hmm. thought. That they didn't update any dialogue or anything like well, that yeah the only thing they updated was just the amount of money to whatever 50,000 or 500,000 oh, yeah. or whatever that's, yeah. that was the, I think he said that they only made like yeah one or two subtle changes or whatever that's funny so and yeah I like Gus Van because he's so bizarrely diverse yeah he just he does what he does like his his yeah his filmography is all over the map and but you know they can't all be home runs no no but yeah, yeah, really Spielberg good. has all home runs you know so definitely not what you, yeah oh. that's a whole other thing the, oh, the BFG. BFG. Yeah. oh god the, the RBG yeah. I don't oh, feel man. good just talking about it <laughs> then we have Ocean's 8 we don't usually get kind of mainstream movies but every couple months we'll get like a King Kong or Mad Max or yeah. Star Wars and but this is of note just because there's so many cool women in it yeah and a handful of Oscar winners Sandra Bullock Kate Blanchett Anne Hathaway Helena Bonham Carter an Oscar nominee and it's a bizarre movie because yeah. it's it's not a reboot. It's in canon with oh, so they the Clooney movies. The other yeah, characters, she, Sandra or? Bullock plays Danny Ocean's sister. Sister. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so I kind of don't want to know, but I think there's a couple like surprises in it. Yeah, because I, I mean, I would think Julia Roberts has some, a cameo. Something, like, something, I mean, but it did well enough. Like it did well, and so I think there will be Ocean's nine, nine. Or ten. You know, I guess. <laughs> See that would that would be great if they could do a trilogy of that to go with the trilogy of the other ones, and then you got Oceans eight to thirteen. Whoa! Or, and anything with Kate Blanchett, 
yeah. uh, there. I love Kate even Mindy Kaling is great. Yeah, and Sarah Paulson, I, I, I'm oh, a I big fan of too. Like she's so yeah. like yeah. under the radar, but not quite, but sort of. Yeah, because <laughs> she's been on a bunch of big TV stuff, but it's all been very ensemble. Yeah, and she hasn't really, to my knowledge, she hasn't done like a the Sarah Paulson show or the Sarah mm. Paulson movie. It's always kind of on, and this as well, like an yeah. ensemble cast. But yeah, she's great. I remember the first time I remember her is a Sam Raimi show back in the day called, oh shoot, American Gothic? American something? That is a show from back in the day. It was a small town thing about like an evil sheriff who was like demonic. I'm pretty sure that's American Gothic. American Gothic. So she is in that. And oh, I love that show. I didn't even know Raimi was involved in it. He and Rob Tappert produced it. Oh my God. And it's got a lot of the same kind of gang working on it. Oh my God. Uh, The the same composer, stuff like that. Some of the same directors from, I think, Dean and Hercules. Oh, and that would have been like after... Like before Army of Darkness, but after two? I think after Army of Darkness. After? I don't know. I got it for Christmas a couple years ago. Gwen got it for me. I'm sure it cost her, like, not a fortune, but it's yeah. not easy to find. No. You know? Bruce Campbell shows up in it. Of course. Of course, yeah. But, <laughs> and, but, and his brother, uh, like Ivan Ramey or Ted? I don't know if Ted's Ted in it. He might be. There's but, a, I, oh. I, there is an Ivan Ramey, right? But he's not there an is. actor. He, he's a writer, yeah. Okay, there we go. But yeah, Ocean's 8, so we have that coming up. Then we have the auto premiere of The Crescent which won a bunch of awards at the Atlantic Film Fest. It's a death in the family and a mother and son struggle to find spiritual healing at a beachfront summer home. Oh. It's a laugh ride. That sounds nice. It's, yeah. I will say it's a cool poster. I don't, very cool poster. I know very little about it, but the, the poster is really classy. If I don't, that's Yeah, not, it's, a nice, it's a nice poster. Yeah, it seems like a weird, like, faint praise, but... A nice yeah. hand-drawn poster for once. And yeah. in Vancouver, it got honorable mentions for Best Canadian Film and Emerging Canadian Director... And at the Atlantic Film Fest, got Best Actress Score and Screenwriting. Bunch of cool Canadian awards that it won. Then we have Rocky Horror Picture Show coming up on Saturday night with the Absent Friends Shadowcast. And part two of the Winona Ryder Film Fest, which I hope is just as successful, uh, with Edward Scissorhands. Ah, never heard best. of it. Oh never. my god. You've never seen it? Me? What? Are no. You no, it's my favorite movie. Who hasn't seen it? Which Some, sounds sarcastic. Somebody but. said they hadn't seen it and it blew my mind. I don't, I mean, I don't know, but whoever it is, I'm going to be like, really? You know who's in that that I remember back in the day when I saw it right away was... What's his name from the John Hughes movies? Yeah, yeah. Anthony Michael Hall. There Anthony is. Michael Hall shows up. He's in the it. bad guy. He's, yeah, he's, he's the, the tough jerk. He's a foot taller and seventy-five pounds heavier than the last time you saw him. Yeah. And I remember sitting there and being like, "What happened to Anthony Michael Hall?" Yeah. Like, and then after that, like, he's still a very successful character actor. But then after that, he did The Dead Zone for like five or six years on TV. Like that. La- that's one of those shows that lasted for a long time, but nobody watched it. Yeah. You know? like, I, I forgot that it was even a show. I but, was just thinking uh, of the movie. Even just Vincent Price popping up in the trailer gets me choked up. I'm like, yeah. oh, Vincent. That's oh, that's such a good bit. And, and I'm going to be like, I'm coming Tuesday night. I'm yeah. going to not be at a different theater watching another movie, if that's what you think. But Never go for to Never. unexplained reasons, I'll be half an hour late. <laughs> so I think what I'm going to do is the night before, I'm going to watch the first half hour so it's fresh. And then I'll come oh. in here. The price stuff is just priceless. Can't you just go see the other movie on a different night? No, because I'm no. cheap and oh. I have to go on Tuesday night. Go next Tuesday. It'll still be around. No, but that, I've already planned it. Also, oh. I already bought the tickets, so... Too late. It's not... Yeah. And it's Giant Shark related, so it's important. I'm not saying what movie it is. Jaws the Revenge. I'm going, to, <laughs> I'm going to have a mega good time boo, with that movie. <laughs> I got all sorts of gags. But Scissorhands, though. Scissorhands. And Monday is uh, my bad movie night, so I can't come that night, obviously. The run, I got reminded by just seeing the trailer when it says from the director of Beetlejuice and Batman. Yeah. But the run that Tim Burton was on then, because it was 
And not necessarily all giant box office hits, no, but, but Pee Wee, Beetlejuice, Batman, Edward Scissorhands, Batman Returns, Nightmare Before Christmas. That run. Which he didn't direct. But no, but he produced stuff. the road. I yeah. mean, people associated with him pretty much only, which I always felt bad for Henry Selleck. Poor Henry just Selleck. Like, you yeah, know, Tim Burton's Henry. Tim Burton. <laughs> Tim Burton presents Henry Selleck. Yeah. You're like, oh, what? That's an incredible. I was thinking about that and just how. I almost feel like Batman Returns is a little underrated at this point because, like, people kind of they'll talk about the first one and they talk about all the other ones, but not that much does it come up. And it, and it is like it has been I a few it. years for me to rewatch it, but I remember just thinking it was such a cool like gothic horror movie almost. And even though it's not officially a Christmas movie, I love some of the Christmas moments in it. Like there's yeah. Gotham in the snow and. Yeah, I like that movie a lot. Yeah, and just, and oh my god, like, Catwoman, oh man. And it's the most disappointing what could have been, because the movie slightly underperformed, but didn't flop by far, especially when you look at the numbers, like, adjusted for inflation. Yeah. But they got rid of Tim Burton, got rid of Michael Keaton, and hired Joel Schumacher to do the Val Kilmer one. (laughs) Yeah. Which Val did one, and then they got rid of him, and they did Clooney one, and then got rid of him. Yeah. But... Part three, at one point, was going to be... Like, they're all ready to go. Yeah. And it was going to be Michael Keaton, Rene Russo, and Robin Williams as the Riddler. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I That's what about it that. was going to be. And then in the 11th hour, Tim Burton and Michael Keaton got the boot. Tim Burton still got a token producer credit, but he didn't do anything on it. <laughs> yeah. And then this is sad because this is so long ago, but they got rid of... Rene Russo because they thought she was too old for Val Kilmer. Yeah. Which is so oh my God. crazy. What? That's why I remember reading that back in the day and being like, oh, Hollywood. And she was going to be like. She was going to be the same character. Yeah, or... like the, the Vicky Vale. Right. Not Vicky Vale, whoever she was right. in that movie. Yeah. And then, uh, and then they took it all away from us. So in some alternate universe, we have this movie with Robin Williams as the Riddler. Yeah. And, uh, I wonder, like, yeah, I wonder what it all came down to because like was is it just that like Jim Carrey blew up out of nowhere so they're like oh we gotta grab this guy I think guy. so I think it was all and if you look Tommy Lee Jones was really big at the time because he had all those lawyer movies happening in The Fugitive yeah. Nicole Kidman was big so I think the studio was like we want somebody directing it who we can kind of control a bit more who will put in more action figures yeah and we wanted a little less dark we don't want you know and that's what happened you <laughs> yeah, know and absolutely and, it is what it is. The, the funny thing is, you know, especially part four, there's a scene in part four, which I've seen once in the theater 20 years ago <laughs> for free. Um, you have to add that. Free. I didn't pay for it. They all show up in the climax of the movie and they all have different costumes and different vehicles. And that's because they wanted more action figures. So oh without any backstory or, oh, we got to build a new Batmobile, Batman, Robin, Batgirl all show up in new costumes and, and then, then the nipple costumes, yeah, no less. It's so bad. You can't forget that. It's so bad. It's and you know what? What's kind of sad and is like I actually kind of liked Batman and Robin when it came out. Like, but yeah. you know, age, my age, right? It was right. my age. <laughs> uh, but still, like, it's it's just. I, I mean, it's terrible. But it, oh, it's I terrible. just I, I just remember my dad dropped me off at, at like one o'clock at the theater in the small town with one yeah. theater, <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, I'll go see this. And like, and it's just I don't know what like I guess. It had a, an element of the 60s show to it, just in the lunacy of it. Yeah. And the color. But, like, you know, I mean, it's it's awful. And it ruins Bane. Like, if you thought Bane was ruined by oh, Tom yeah. Hardy. like Poor Bane. Bane ruined twice. He's just, <laughs> like, which sucks because, like, he's such a great villain. And, yeah. like, if they did, like, a Nightfall movie, which they never will, well, it should be, like, a miniseries Bane probably. Bane ruined twice and Bane whitewashed twice. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's not a white guy in the comics. No. Ugh. And he's not, like, yeah, and he's 
massive. Like, I mean, at least they got the massive part right in the fourth yeah. one, but, like, even still. So, like, that's too... I did like Uma Thurman as uh, Poison Ivy. Like, I thought she brought, like, a nice sexiness to the role, and, like, she kind of inhabited it well, but... It's an awful oh, yeah. movie. We gotta stop. We can't. We gotta stop talking about Batman and Robert. Which I didn't pay for. Didn't pay for. So thanks for listening, everybody. We're gonna wrap up because I'm gonna go watch a movie called Poor Boy. These guys yeah. gotta work, suckers. Uh-huh. Uh, so check us out on the MayfairTheater.ca website on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Go visit our friends at House of Tar across the street. Go play that Terminator video game, and we'll see you back here next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Oh man, good job. We're gonna scissor hands the hell out of this place. change for you, right, Ed? Those things are cool. Can I bring show and tell on Monday? He's a highly imaginative character. It seems clear that his awareness of what we call reality is radically underdeveloped. Eddie, you take my very breath away. Do you have a girlfriend? (laughs) Is there some special lady in your life? Skewered kid. Just a scratch. The power of Satan is in him. I can feel it. All along, I felt in my gut there was something wrong with him. From Tim Burton comes the most incredible tale of a most unusual character Edward Scissorhands. Hold me.